Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Stephen Pfeiffer, and this is another episode of Guilty Pleasure Movies. Hey gang, and welcome to another knockout edition of Van Damme Entertaining Month. On this episode, we're talking another film that's an early part of Van Damme's career, when his films were actually still pretty good. This is a film that actually allowed him to expose a little bit of a different side to him, and also expose his buttocks. This is Van Damme as a family man, and also an underground slash pool slash racquetball room fighter, and it also includes one of the best final fights ever for Van Damme films. We're talking Lionheart, but first, let's jam. All I need some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. Like I said, we are talking Lionheart, one of my favorite films for Van Damme. This film is from 1990. Um, if any of you are foreign listeners, you may recognize it better known as Wrong Bet or AWOL. That is some of the other titles. Uh, it is an AKA in some other areas. And it's written and directed by Sheldon Ledditch. So we've talked a lot about him, covered quite a bit of his career on the show already, and we're only a few episodes deep. Uh, but he is the co-writer of Bloodsport, of course the writer and director of Double, Impla- Double Impact, so he's done a lot with Van Damme over the years. Uh, this film, Lionheart, does star, of course, Van Damme, but he also helped co-write it, so he kind of did a little bit extra behind the scenes, kind of got a feel you know, of all kinds of different aspects of the film, so he got to put his personal touch on it, if you will. Um, and also co-stars a gentleman by the name of Harrison Page. Um, didn't really notice him in anything else film-wise, and I looked him up, and that's because he's pretty much only done a bunch of TV series, never really starred in anything that I could tell, just kind of popped up here and there in some of those random shows. Um, there's another actress in this film by the name of Deborah Renard, and she's the bad boss lady, if you will. Uh, she really didn't do shit film-wise either, so I was like, this cast isn't really well-known as far as the people that it stars. Um, some people may recognize her from the show, TV show that is Dallas. Looks like she did that for quite a few episodes over the years that that was on. Um, some other faces I did actually know, some of the smaller roles. There were some appearances by Brian Thompson, you know, he's the big fucking dude. He was the bad guy in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That's definitely a to-be-continued. Um, and he's also one of the, the fucking street punks from Terminator 1. I think uh, Arnold fucking kills him and takes his clothes in particular. So he's that dude. But this also has a cameo, this film, uh, by Billy Blanks. He is, the, of course, the creator of Tybo. And he's also a Hollywood action star, apparently. Or at least gets his ass kicked in Hollywood action movies. And this film also has, you know, uh, she's not really a star, but she does play a very important part of the film. Uh, it's a little redheaded girl from Growing Pains. That's where I mostly know her from. 
Um, but as far as this movie, you know, the movie poster, just to talk a little bit about that, it's real simple. You know, it's just a shot of Van Damme standing there in his blue jeans and he's flexing. He looks pretty huge in this pick. I'm not going to lie. You know, he's not a real big guy, you know, in real life. But in this pick, he looks pretty fucking ripped. On the background, you know, it's just him standing there with a little small background pick of the L.A. skyline, so, and it's at night. But it works. It looks pretty solid. You know, the Lionheart is in big, bright red letters, so it just all, just looks decent. I mean, it's nothing real fancy, but, you know, it's a Van Damme flick. You know what to expect. The motherfucker flexes and kicks ass. You know, he's got that pose, so what more do you need? Um, I do like to watch the trailers before I end up enjoying the film, just to really get me in that mood, if you will. Um, I did sit back and watch this, and, you know, this is the way to describe it. You know, shots of bad guys killing someone. You've got Van Damme in the military saying he, that, you know, they tell him that you gave up your family when you joined the military, and he refutes that by going to find his family. You know, we see a sleazy couple that runs an underground fighting ring, and Van Damme is trying to join that club to make money for the family. You know, there's tons and tons of shots of various fight scenes, so you know there's going to be just a fuckload of ass-kicking. And we do see Van Damme's name scrolling slowly throughout the, the shots of the, the, the trailer that is, so, you know, they're really throwing his name in your face so that, you know, it's just cramming it down your fucking throat. But at the time, they were trying to make him into a huge star. And But I love Van Damme trailers. I mean, they lay it all out there. Literally, there's no big surprise and no twist or anything, but that's all right because... You know what to expect when you go, and you leave literally satisfied after every time you enjoy one of his films, I feel like, anyways. Um, this is a film that I did love growing up because, you know, the fight scenes are fantastic. There's a lot of them. And, you know, this was an act action flick, but still provided, you know, plenty of martial arts style fight scenes from Van Damme. So, I mean, it's not, you know, emphasizing, you know, fucking guns and all that crap and explosions. It's more or less just hand-to-hand -hand combat. But it is considered an action flick, so it's really, really cool just the way they did it. And just, you know, this is the different shots of him fighting. It's not like the, you know, Bloodsport and Akumite in one particular setting, or I talked in Sudden Death, the kitchen seemed to be the arena. This one's just all over the fucking shady parts of town and some nicer areas of town, so it's kind of interesting what you get. Um, but, you know, another little tidbit about me, my, my dad, his name is Richard, which, you know, I looked up, you know, he needs always reminded me of this, but the meaning of that name is Lionheart, so he kind of has a soft spot for this film in a weird way. He's a, he's a Van Damme fan, not quite as extreme as myself, but he still loves him, so we've always caught those films growing up. I think this was his personal favorite of his, but, you know, we constantly caught it on cable TV. It was just one of those ones that was always on every fucking weekend, so we, we'd always catch it here and there, and way more than we probably should have, but we love it. Uh, the soundtrack to this film is actually pretty great. I mean, it does a pretty decent job of setting that tone that you need for the certain scenes, and it does provide good emotion at times. You know, I don't want to spoil it now, but near the ending, you know, there is a particular scene where the song comes on, matches up what's going on, and it just really sets that mood that you need. This film, you know, small budget, only $6 million. Even for the time, that's pretty small scale. It grossed $24 million, so the ratio is pretty fucking good. I mean, it wasn't this massive blockbuster, of course, but it continued to set that trend for where Van Damme was going, which was just, you know, throw him in an action film, and he's going to make you know the studio some money, and he's, his name was growing in popularity. He stood out because of his type of style, and yeah, it continued to launch his fucking career. And, it, you know, it was one of those times where you didn't really require a big budget, uh, but but you could still make a pretty decent little you know amount back a good chunk of that is, 
And they were just fun films, most importantly. And so these are the classics that he's known for, in my opinion. And fun tidbit, this may have a sequel. I don't can't confirm that, but there's been some rumors about it. So stay tuned for that. And we're about to dive into the opening credits, guys. Hey, guys. I want to go ahead and apologize. If you couldn't tell, I got a little bit of a summer cold, so go ahead and send some healthy vibes my way. But nothing going to hold me back, baby. Anyways, we got the opening shots of Lionheart. We have the credits with some saxophone music. We get some shots of Dirty L.A., and it's the pre-ride era, so shit is just nasty. We got some guys sitting on a car in the background. The car has no fucking engine, no windows. It is totally stripped down. This is obviously a very shitty part of town because uh, we get a shot of these guys doing a drug deal right there in the open. No one there to stop them. We have a French guy that says he's got the money. The dealer hands him his stuff. French dude decides he has to just get a little sample, so he snort, snorts some of that shit. Gives him a real funky look and says, hey, this is some sugar. What the hell? Dealer says, no shit. And then he literally sets the French dude's ass on fire. And then we see the dealer and all his fucking pals just, you know, scurry away out of there. And next thing we know, we got that fucking French dude who's burnt like extra crispy bacon. He's rushed off to the hospital. We see a shot of his wife and daughter waiting at the hospital. It's such a horrible, tragic sight, you know, obviously. And then the doctor comes out to tell him that, you know, your, hus- your husband's in really horrible shape, doesn't have, you know, much longer to go. The nurse comes out and says, hey, your, your insurance is expired. By this point, the wife already kind of knows that what's going on, and so she's just about halfway out of that fucking place by that point. Says, I got no one to help me out. Sorry, guys, I'm broke. We see a shot of the extra crispy French dude screaming out somebody's name over and over. Not quite sure who it is. Um, We see the wife getting real teary-eyed. She hears her husband yelling out. And then we cut to the desert out in North Africa. It's Van Damme. That must be who he's yelling for. A gentleman by the name of Leon. That's what he was yelling. And so this is Leon, apparently. And Van Damme is hammering some stakes out in the fucking desert. He's sweating his balls off. Next thing, a military mailman pulls up. He delivers a letter. You know, gives him some weird fucking trash talk. Sniffs the letter and says it smells like a lady. You know, he won't quite give him the letter. And then Van Damme gets sick of that shit, so he pulls out his knife and almost stabs the fucking mailman in the dick trying to get his letter. It's awesome. He reads a letter, rushes off to the, you know, the higher-ranking officer's office. You know, he's pissed off. You know, he reads a letter and finds out that his, what happened to his brother being overcooked. Nobody fucking told him about it. It's been weeks. He is pissed. The officer tells him, hey, Van Damme, you know, you gave up your family when you joined the Legion. And Van Damme says, I'll never give them up. You know, he calls him an asshole. And then the officer tells him to go and throw him in the hole or whatever for a few fucking weeks. And we get the, the shot, the cameo I mentioned earlier of Billy Blanks. I'm sure that basically, you know, the higher commanding officer said, Billy Blanks, go do some fucking, some of that Tybo type, type shit. Some, do some double time in the desert. That'll fucking teach him a lesson. <laughs> Anyways, no. And uh, the shot of Billy Blanks and some guy who actually plays Tong Po and Kickboxer slash the guy who has his leg broke by Chong Li in, in Bloodsport. His name is Mustafa, as we find out. But they're taking Van Dam off. And next thing you know, as they're rushing off with Van Dam to go take him to the hole or whatever to torture his ass, uh, Billy Blanks gives Van Dam a cheap shot, and Van Dam throws some sand in their eyes. He's got a retaliate, of course. 
does some roundhouse kicks. Wouldn't be a Van Damme film without some fucking roundhouse kicks or slash splits. Preferably both. Anyways, and he starts doing that. You know, he eventually steals one of the Jeeps and fucking just bolts out of there, escapes. And we fade to the nighttime. The officers are still waiting. They aren't able to find him at this point. The boss man says, you know, he'll never make it. It is a desert. He's only got so much fucking gas in there. And it's hotter than shit. And no fucking liquids on him. Van Damme, we see, he's he's out of gas, just like he, this guy called it. We cut to Van Damme stumbling along until he finally spots a fucking ocean. And he gets a second wind out of nowhere and literally sprints to this fucking water. And I, I, I believe it. I'm sure that's how it really goes when you're in this situation. But uh, we cut to the two officers that are assigned to finding Van Damme. And one being the Tongpo actor. Another being another, you know, French guy or whatever he may be. But anyways... Uh, they're looking for him on the ship, on the ship dock, that is, um, you know, of all places, you know, of course that's where he'd end up, you know, he's in the desert, next thing he's gonna be at a fucking ship dock, loading up, going wherever the fuck, but anyways, not sure how that, how far that is from the desert, but like I said, it's funny how they assume he would end up there, and lo and behold, they're right, but they just miss him, because Van Damme is doing his best to hide in the background, and um, he's got a new boss, we meet him, and it's a Jamaican skipper, he yells at Van Damme to get back to work, quit fucking around, and Van Damme, we cut to his new gig, which is down in the boiler room, he's a worker down there, and he's obviously got his fucking shirt off, of course, but it's a good, it's a good job for him to get a nice workout in, it's, it's great, so it definitely benefits him in multiple ways, pays the bills, and you can stay in shape, so, and then we cut back to the Legion military boss, no, he's going to his bosses to let him know what the fuck's going on, that Van Damme has gone AWOL, you know, absent without leave, and we can't find his ass. His boss says, well, fucking go to America. Where else is he going to go besides good old America? And so go keep an eye out there. You know, go check out his family's house. That's probably what he's going to do, you know, at this point. He's probably going to go somehow try to get to go see his brother, check on him, and... That's what they do. They assign some guys to head over on head on over to the U.S. of A. So, you know, the Legion boss says introduce the guys that will be tracking Van Dam uh, down over to America. They are the guys from the desert. You know, Mustafa and this his fucking his fucking buddy or whatever. We don't. I don't think we ever find his name. I'm sure it's in the credits. But anyways, uh, back at the boiler room, Van Dam is still getting his workout on. Uh, we cut to him eventually getting some rest. He's in his bed, his little fucking cot or whatever, and he's reading the note from his family. He's getting a little emotional at this point. And then there's a guy in the boiler room that tells him to stay off the top deck. You know, nobody's allowed to go up there. Van Dam doesn't listen. He sneaks up there. It's nighttime. Figures he'd get a little fresh air. Nobody will see him. He takes a little stroll. And, you know, he wants to see New York City. That's what's in the background at this point. And we see Twin Towers. So, R.I.P., you know, definitely took me back, you know, to a much, you know, different time. <laughs> Anyways, the Jamaican skipper comes down and sees Van Damme, and he's pissed. He's, you know, nobody's supposed to be up there, goddammit. And he broke the, the one rule. And Van Damme is mad, though, because he was told they're going to L.A., and he sees New York and the fucking Statue of Liberty, all that shit. He doesn't see the Hollywood sign, goddammit. His boss says, fuck you, you're an illegal alien, you got no fucking documents of any kind, so you ain't getting off this boat even if you wanted to, so get back to work. Van Damme gives him a gut shot and threatens to toss him overboard. 
Van Dam says thanks for the offer, but he decides I'm jumping in the ship or jumping off the ship and into the ocean. And so he eventually swims back to shore, and we cut to him, you know, drying off in a nice little stroll through the shitty alleyways of New York City. You know, the dreaded alleyways, that is, at that time, especially, you know, 1990 in films. God, it was just so stereotypical. You know, homeless fucking bombs everywhere. That's literally what we see. You know, they're digging for food or anything useful they can find in dumpsters at this point. And Van Damme spots a tall, fancy building just ahead. You know, very Trump Tower-esque and, you know, mutters America. So, I mean, that's literally what is. You got the the good symbolism by the director, if you will. You know, you've got, you know, the fucking all the people in the background and this fucking one fancy building, the 1% or whatever it is anyways. <laughs> Van Damme, you know, he's walking on the sidewalk with thousands of other heads, but he still manages to stand out from the crowd. So all he's not even a big guy, but he still stands out amongst all these fucking average Joes. He eventually finds a payphone. You know, if you guys are younger listeners, that is something pre-cell phones. You might spot one somewhere here and there. I've actually, if I do spot one when I'm on a little vacation, I try to take a fucking selfie with it because it is just that awesome and that historical and rare. Anyways, Van Dam at the payphone. He's calling 411. He's trying to get information on his, his sister-in-law. and But he doesn't have any money. So the fucking 411 lady, she's being a bitch, tells him, I don't hear any money go through. Or I'm not putting the call through, goddammit. And next thing you know, Van Dam hears some commotion coming from around the corner. And he spots a bum fight club. And we see some guys just beating each other bloody for a few fucking bucks. And... You know, guys are gambling the money they've been panhandling all fucking day, and next thing we cut to some fight promoter. And so we meet the fight promoter. This is the gentleman I mentioned earlier in the introduction, Harrison Page. His name in the movie is Joshua. He'll end up being the best friend of Van Damme. Of course, Van Damme has to have a BFF in all of his fucking earlier films. Anyways, he's the fight promoter, as we find out early in the movie. And he, you know, we see a fight just ending and he asks, you know, who wants to fight next? You know, somebody step up to the fucking challenge. And Van Damme does eventually. Nobody else will, but Van Damme does. And the promoter asks, you know, what is your name? And Van Damme responds, Leon. And promoter, what the fuck kind of name is that? You know, he's quick on his toes, though, and decides, you know, mix it up a little bit. Let me mix up the vowels there and decides to call him the lion. So it's who wants to take on the lion? And you know, they start to ask in the crowd, and all of a sudden we get this big-ass fucking black guy from the back of the crowd who just is pushing everybody out of his fucking way, slowly starts taking off his big-ass leather trench coat or whatever, and he's licking his chops for this fight. This dude's fucking massive, I kid you not. And the gamblers are whatever, they're going nuts, you know, getting all their fucking singles out, just no one's betting on Van Damme, a.k.a. the Lion. And the promoter says, you know, he's betting his whole life savings on Van Damme at this point, though. So don't let him down. So there's a little mutual respect beforehand with Van Damme and the, the big old dude he's taking on. And the fight kicks off at this point. It's very one-sided, though, guys. Van Damme dodges, dips, dives, ducks, and dodges. Just like his teacher, Patches O'Hulahan, taught him. And that's a to-be-continued, guys. Dodgeball is one of my all-time favorites. Anyways, Van Damme is nailing this dude with punches to the ribs and face. 
He hits this fucking dude so hard, he goes flying into the goddamn crowd, and that'll be a theme within the fights of, the, of this movie. Jesus, Van Damme has some serious power. But he ends the fight with a few flying knees, and the lion with the KO, and the promoter calls him a bad boy, a bad motherfucker with that foreign shit. I just thought that was awesome. <laughs> and Anyways, Van Damme, you know, goes to get his share, but... He didn't say he wants a bigger slice of that pie, so he takes a little bit more of the dude's cash and then puts whatever's left back in the promoter's pocket. And he doesn't look too happy, but you know he counts it and says, you know, Van Dam's a good fighter, but he's can't count worth a shit. And so you know, barely has enough to buy a happy meal at this point. And so, which speaking of that, immediately we cut to them going to go grab a bite to eat. You'd think Van Dam would be starving, but he's literally not hungry whatsoever. You know, the the fucking dude promoter Joshua he's in up just chowing down or whatever and the cook goes to give the promoter the bill and he just kind of nods towards Van Damme who isn't really looking and the, the cook taps him on the shoulder to give him the bill and then immediately you know Joshua's like oh thanks now how kind are you so Van Damme doesn't even give a fucking chance to know what's going on at this point and you know he's got the money to cover it so promoter offers to take Van Damme to LA but you know got to go see some people first you know he Van Damme explains what's going on, you know, thanks for the fucking help me out, get a few dollars, but I need to get out of here, go to L.A., you know, hit the opposite coast. Of course, you know, this dude Joshua, he knows everybody everywhere, and so offers to take him, but we got to meet with somebody before we go to kind of set some shit up. You know, we cut to the promoter, you know, taking Van Damme to see these so-called people at a fancy building, and, you know, they go in, uh, you know, Joshua says the lady, you know, or he wants to go see the lady. You know, he sees the security officer and asks to see the lady. Security says, who? And promoter, you know, he just, he, Joshua, that is, you know, he just tells the security guy, you know, cut the shit. You know, tell him Joshua's here. And so, you know, he tells him there's a guy that the lady would like to meet or whatever. And we cut to, you know, Brian Thompson coming out, of all people, coming to greet them. And, you know, he says, it's nice to see you, you know, but how did you end up finding us? So, you know, they must be long-last pals. And, you know, Thompson tries to tell Joshua now that now's not a good time, but definitely come back later. But Joshua demands to see the lady now. You know, he threatens to have Van Damme kick his ass even. So, you know, he's like, you got to meet this dude. You know, take him, take him to the lady, because if not, you, you know, he's going to crack some skulls for sure. He's on a fucking winning streak. Anyways, when Thompson complies, he takes him to meet the lady. He seems a little intrigued himself. And we cut to the parking building, or the parking garage of the building, that is. And Thompson tells these guys, no, tell the dudes, you know, wait here. I'll go get the lady for you. You know, Joshua, they're talking, you know, he's talking to Van Damme. He's like, this is your ticket to go anywhere you want to go. L.A., if that's where it is, fucking this is it, man. First class all the way, buddy. And we see the lady that the, he was referring to earlier. You know, she's strutting her stuff towards these guys. And she's wearing tons of diamonds, a fur coat, fancy shoes, and a total early, early 90s haircut. My fucking God. <laughs> it's short hair, but it's gelled all over. And it looks somewhat similar to the Brian Thompson haircut in the film. So I'm like, yeah, these guys are match made in heaven. <laughs> and uh, she tells Joshua it's been far too long. And her, you know, his tastes and fighters are improving. So we see Joshua have must, you know, been bringing her some business or whatever the, over the years. You know, he, you know, she introduced or he introduces, you know, him to the lion, her to the lion that is, and she greets Van Dam, and you know, he says his name is Leon, and she notices he is French. You know, obviously, and 
He says, what the fuck's the difference? You know, they exchange a little awkward glance, and then Joshua tries to smooth things over, and the lady says she likes some attitude, and she takes the guys to go see some of the fighting action, so she must be, you know, a promoter herself, but on a much bigger scale, a much fancier scale. And, you know, she goes to take Van Damme to get a sneak preview of what kind of fighting she helps lead and orchestrate. And we see a blonde dude, you know, he's fucking, you know, wearing a leather vest and black jeans, and he's beating the shit out of a skinny black dude, so, uh, like I said, guys, you've heard me in the past, I'm not racist, but in this, the theme of this movie is black guys getting their butts whooped. It's sad, but Van Damme films, he, he, you know, he's an equal opportunity employer kind of guy, he wants to get all that shit involved, so, anyways, it, it almost seems like a hate crime when you're watching that shit, in a sense, anyways, blood splattering all over the place, and and it lands on some a spectator, and Van Damme sees it land on this lady, and she's licking some of the blood off her fucking titties. It's kind of disgusting, you know, you know, ew, all that kind of shit. But the lion sort of likes it from the way the glance that he gives back to her. And next thing, the blonde guy wins via throat punch and a nut shot to the skinny dude, and the blonde guy goes over to the the lady and. You know, she's rubbing on him, and apparently, you know, he's her boy toy. We find out the lady is, her name is Cynthia, so Cynthia's the lady. I'll refer to her as the lady throughout. And, you know, I honestly, I thought Brian Thompson may be her husband, just kind of the way things seemed, but I guess not. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's just a right-hand man, just kind of what we see throughout. But at this point, it doesn't seem like, you know, Brian Thompson and, you know, the matching hairdo couple are not actually a couple, sadly. Uh, but anyways, Van Damme gets a scattering report on this blonde guy as he's watching in the fight, a sneak preview. Josh reminds him, this is your first class ticket, don't fuck it up. You want to go to L.A., man, we'll make it happen. The lady comes over to Van Damme, you know, just to make sure he's still up for a fight and doesn't want to mess up his handsome face. And Van Damme walks up, you know, giving her a dirty look, mumbling some shit under his breath. And then the bookies, you know, start coming and ask, you know, who the new guy is so he can set the odds. And, you know, we find out the blonde guy is named Sonny. So that's a very good bad guy name for any blonde guy during this time. The 90s, if you were named Sonny in the 90s, you were an awesome bad guy. Just hands down. <laughs> Anyways, the lady declares Van Damme. She hesitates. She likes the name Lionheart. So she must have been the one that made the title for the film, here in America anyways. And the odds anyways are set 3-1 to one against Van Damme. The gamblers are fucking going insane. Van Damme doesn't seem too happy, though, when he's talking to, to Joshua because Joshua talks about how they're going to split the earnings. And, you know, Van Damme's like, hey, I'm doing all the fucking work here, man. But Joshua pulls out a little fat stack and reminds him, you know, who, who the fuck brought you here, man? Who's making this shit happen? You know, I know you ain't got no fucking goddamn ID to get you anywhere you want to go, bitch. I'm taking you, though. Anyways, the lady bets a whole bunch of her money on Van Damme. But she whispers it into the Bucky's ear so no one knows and doesn't want anybody to know that she's turning on her boy toy, the blonde guy. And then we cut to Lionheart versus Sonny. And, you know, the ref and the money collector, you know, rounds the rules real, real quick so, you know, people in the film, the, the viewing audience know what the rules are to expect throughout. And that is, there are no rules. And he gives a little chuckle after he says it. You know, Sonny pushes him away and gets in Van Damme's face. Tells him, hey, Van Damme, you're pretty, and I don't know if I want to fight you or fuck you. That's literally what he says. You might want to, you know, get down with him. So, you know, cue them circling around each other. They get the little stare down, gradually getting more intense, you know, with each passing second. 
And then Sonny starts to grit his teeth. He goes for a, winds up for a fucking nice roundhouse kick. Van Dam ducks it and just blasts Sonny in the fucking balls as hard as he fucking can. It is amazing. Sonny's tearing up. Looks like, you know, his balls may be lodged in the back of his throat. Because he can't even get the sound of the crying to come out. He looks like he wants to fucking cry out, but he just can't because his fucking nuts are stuck. So, you know, and then, you know, the little cue that the lady earlier, the vampire lady that was licking the blood off her shit. You know, she's in the crowd and she's with her boyfriend and they're talking shit on Van Damme. And this dude's like, you know, even I could take Van Damme and I'm a fuck. I got a ponytail. So, and Van Damme, he hears all this shit, doesn't like what he hears, of course. Goes over to that couple, grabs them by the fucking tie and, you know, says, you know, he's got plenty of spunk left to go around too if he, this dude wants it. And... So, we cue the best quote of the movie to declare the winner of the fight. Hey, hey, the winner, ladies and gentlemen, Lionheart, King of the Jungle! So, we cut to the Lionheart and the lady. They're in her limousine. They're taking a little victory lap, of course. She's not too happy, though. She's pissed that Van Damme just insulted one of her patrons. She tells him, you know, either she or Brian Thompson will handle it. We find out Brian Thompson's name is Russell, of course. That is the perfect name for his character. <laughs> and she heard about, you know, through the grapevine about Van Damme's desire to go to L.A., ask what the hell's up with that. You know, you want to go there, but I can offer you another fight here for a lot more money. Van Damme says, nope, just want to go to L.A. The lady is pissed. She's like, what is there? Fine, if you want to go, at least be back by Tuesday, goddammit. But Van Damme still refuses. You know, Russell, he says, talk it over with Joshua, you know, with your manager. And so I guess, you know, Joshua has now been bumped up to the, from a promoter to a manager. So, you know, he's fucking getting all kinds of promotions left and right. And, you know, Joshua says, you know, he's on Van Damme's side. He says, you know, L.A. is his business. You know, they'll be back when they're fucking good and ready. And Van Damme says, fuck all of you guys. I'm, this is all about my family and none of you or anyone else. The lady has to remind Van Damme, you just made five fucking grand, dude. Where else are you going to make that kind of fucking cash that quick? And I'm sure he could turn some tricks or whatever, but that's still pretty fucking good money, especially for Van Damme's specialty of splits and kicks. I think this is what he should be doing. And But he's not interested. He says, fuck all the offers. Pull this car over. I'm hopping out. We see that they're in a real shitty part of town and... You know, Josh was eager to get out and save Van Damme from this fucking, this part of town anyways. And, you know, the lady gives her Joshua the phone number for her to get a hold of him or for him to get a hold of her or whatever. And Joshua gets out. He's talking, trying to talk some sense into Van Damme. Um, eventually tells him to fuck off. You know, you haven't been grateful. You know, it's, you should be thankful if I even got you this far to this point. You know, Van Damme tries to give him some money. You know, tells him, no, here, you know, fucking, here, take some more goddamn money, goddamn it. He tells him to put this shit away, like, we're in a goddamn fucking terrible neighborhood. You know, it's the last thing we need. They eventually come to mutual agreement. Uh, they spot a payphone to try to get out of there. Before they get to the payphone, though, they, you know, cue the street thugs. They they could just smell the fucking money from, from a distance. And so they pop out of the shadows looking to stir up some trouble. You know, the thugs circle around Van Damme and Joshua you know, they ask, hey, you want to use our payphone homes? That's what he literally calls Van Damme's homes. And he says, you know, you want to use this shit? You know, how much do you want to pay to use this? You know, and 
the boss Doug calls Van Dam a white boy and wants to hear what he has to say. And, you know, Joshua intervenes and says, you know, he, he's got the money and he ain't giving him a goddamn thing. He ain't giving him shit. So, you know, the thugs try to start a fight, but Lionheart does some Van damage. You know, Joshua's even beating up the thug boss. It's awesome. He ends up just pounding his face up until he gets to the payphone, and he ends up wrapping the cord around and strangles the boss thug with it. It is just classic and priceless. And we see one thug who just fucking won't... He's the pretty bu- pretty guy of the bunch, so he won't fight. He just tells him, Hey, Van Damme, it's your lucky day, and just fucking runs off. So, yeah, whatever, man. And Joshua calls for a ride on the payphone, has a little friendly chat while the thing's wrapped around this dude's fucking head, choking him out on his last breath. And we, we cut to Joshua and Van Damme in a taxi. Uh, you know, Joshua says he's been everywhere, and he could take him to all the hot spots in L.A. So it is, you know, you want to get there, just keep me, you know, by your side. I promise I'll take you there. You know, he reminds Van Damme that he owes him lunch. You no, know, you know, he bought me the shitty, you know, fucking goddamn, you know, sandwich earlier. I got to buy you something, too. And so Van Damme thinks, you know, I guess that's a good enough excuse to keep you around. And so he agrees. And we cut to Van Damme in L.A. And first thing he does is go to the hospital. We don't know exactly how he got there. A taxi ride must have been pretty goddamn expensive or whatever but he gets to LA and he's at the hospital to go check on his brother but we see Van Damme crying because he's arrived too late sadly his brother is has gone RIP you know Van Damme works up some legit tears in this scene so we do see a little bit of a softer side to him than what we're normally accustomed to and you know no Oscar winning award type of bullshit but still a pretty decent job for Van Damme The doctor, you no, know, he tells Van Damme, you know, they did catch the guys that did this shit, but, you know, who did this to your brother? But either, you know, bigger fish to fry, you should be more worried about your brother's wife and daughter because, you know, he didn't have insurance as we found out, and he left them a big old stack of bills. And Van Damme, you know, he walks out of the office, he just goes outside, he needs to go for a stroll, clear his mind, all that good shit. Now Joshua sees him and, you know, says, you know, you don't look like you're sick. You know, he tries to talk to him, but Van Damme is just, you know, you know, he's in a different place at that point. He's just, you know, won't even say anything. You know, Joshua kind of keeps a distance, eventually catches up, and Van Damme just tells him, you know, fucking go. I don't need anybody. You know, the reason I came here is just fucking long gone. I'm done. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need you. You know, we cut to Van Damme walking the grungy streets of L.A., and sadly there's no celebs. There's no glitz or glamour. It's just, you know, poor old people on crutches and a titty bar across from a coffee shop. So... It's not, you know, what we think in our minds. I guess, I guess every you know town has that fucking, you know, that neighborhood, that part of town. So, you know, anyways, Joshua is he is briefly trailing Van Dam in the distance once again. You know, giving him some time to think, clears his head. But Van Dam stops, you know, to get a frozen burrito at a diner. So Van Dam's finally worked up an appetite. You know, he won't eat this fucking hamburger at this place that Joshua was chowing down earlier that looked fucking halfway decent. The dude was cooking it up fresh for him and all that good shit. All the veggies were on there. Van Damme will eat what looks like a goddamn frozen burrito. Probably not even cooked in the middle out of the from the fucking goddamn microwave. But anyways, you know, Joshua comes up to Van Damme, you know, pretends like everything is okay. And he's a man of his word because he buys Van Damme the $2 lunch. And even, I guess that's with a tippy as we find out too. So he's a real class act. You know, Van Damme realizes this guy's not going anywhere. Um, so, you know, he asks him to help find his sister-in-law's house. He says, you, you know where everything's at? Well, here's the address. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. LA is a pretty big area. It's a pretty big town, I guess, from what I hear. But, 
You know, you know, Joshua, of course, I don't know what's with this letter, but he has to sniff that thing too, just like that military, you know, mailman did earlier. And so <laughs> she must smell real damn good or, you know, wear a lot of perfume. So some of that Abercrombie for women, some of that bullshit. You know, you walk by the store, that shit, you smell like it even unintentionally for a week. You know, but he, he knows where this place that is, of course. He takes Van Damme to the apartment complex, no problemo. Van Dam walks upstairs to the unit. You know, he spots a little the little redheaded girl, you know, with curls. You know, she looks like, you know, she should be starring in Annie on Broadway or some shit, you know, so adorable. You know, but she's drop she drops her ball down the stairs and Van Dam catches it, he's at the bottom. You know, he hands it to her and he asks where she lives, and you know, nothing creepy about that, of course. <laughs> and she says, you know, I think he knows it's he recognizes her, of course. But uh, you know, she says, you know, her mom told her not to talk to strangers, so she's a smart little girl. And Van Damme knows who she is, so he just can't stop smiling from ear to ear, of course. You know, he hears a landlord from up above, you know, threatening to kick out, you know, the mom and the daughter from the unit unless, you know, coughs up the rent money soon. He storms out cursing late. He doesn't give a shit that there's a little girl literally right in front of him. Uh, so he cut to Van Damme, you know, walking the little girl up to the apartment, you know, keep her safe. You know, she see, you know, the mom sees Van Damme and she knows who he is. You know, she's not fucking happy. You know, mom tells the little girl, go inside, starts ripping Van Damme a new one, you know, for being gone all these years, goddammit. What was, the, what's the deal, you know, you, we write to you and you don't fucking write back, so what's going on? And, you know, Van Damme tries to explain, you know, he risked his life, you know, he's been fighting for his country back home or whatever, they've been, you know, holding him down, and, you know, he took a lot, risk a lot just to get fucking, sn- to get snuck into America, goddammit. He literally had to sneak into America, that's pretty impressive, and he made it. So she should be somewhat happy to see him in a little bit, you know, just, just a little bit. You know, she's still trying to blame Van Dam, you know, for her husband getting hooked in all the drugs, you know. Van Dam says, you know, he told the cops back in the day, you know, the stuff, you know, was his to try to spare his brother. You know, she was pregnant at the time and Van Dam was willing to take the fall. So she automatically assumes that he's in all that bullshit. He's been an influence all these years, but he he's clean at this point. This isn't the mid-90s yet, guys. The mid-90s Van Damme would have been a bad influence. Early 90s Van Damme is still awesome. So now She doesn't want to hear any of that bullshit. She storms back inside. She slams the door in his face. You know, he tries to slip a few hundos, you know, some cash under the door. She sees this, and she opens the door and just fucking kicks the cash away. You think she'd be happy, somewhat, you know, grateful. But she still isn't. She just says, fuck you. Go away. Says, leave her. I'll call the cops. And, you know, cut to... Outside, you no know, Van Dam gets the boot, and Joshua's out there waiting for him. He's tearing up a fucking twelve piece of KFC outside, out in the street. Looked pretty tasty, but I mean, not a huge fan these days. But back then, it was pretty goddamn decent. You know, you could definitely eat a whole twelve piece to yourself, I'm sure. But you know, in the background, we do see the guy that plays the you know the Tongpo actor Mustafa. He's crossing the street, you know, looking in their direction. Van Dam hasn't quite came out onto the screen yet, so he just misses him. Van Dam then immediately comes on, comes outside two seconds later after you know, the Tong Po guy passes and they miss each other. Of course, you know Van Dam looks bummed. You know he couldn't quite get to you know be, you know be close to his family like he had hoped. You know Joshua you know claims to be psychic and says he knows just what Van Dam needs and it ain't no goddamn extra crispy chicken wings. So you know we cut to a crummy bar with even crummier music playing. And they're having some, even the crummiest fucking shots of whiskey, you know, discussing what to do next. 
God damn it. Besides, you know, what to do next besides fucking puke her guts up and end up with some fucking woman will regret the next day being with. So anyways, you know, Joshua, he just suggests, you know, do some dancing, you know, get some, some girls or whatever. Van Dam says, you know, he just has business to tend to first, you know, some TCB, taking care of business. And, you know, these guys are, you know, nine shots in. I counted it. There was nine shots in at this point on the table. So it's going to be a real interesting fucking night. You know, Joshua has to carry Van Dam out of the bar, load him into the taxi. So Van Dam's a little bit of a lightweight, apparently. And he, we finally, you know, he comes to, you know, from out, you know, comes from his blackout, you know, finally comes to, you know, they pull up to a very fancy condo building, building that is. The guys go inside, and each of them have separate fancy rooms to stay in. You know, we find out that, you know, the lady, Cynthia, is shacking him up somewhere. So, you know, it's, you know, he even says to him, it's good to have friends. You know what I mean? So, you know, friends with money, hell yeah. So, you know, Van Dave sprawls out on the big bed, passes out for the night, gets real cozy. And then, you know, we cut to the next day, Van Dam waking up. He, he's got, you know, he's just got the little crusties in his eyes, so he has to get that shit out. You know, it's a little blurry. You know, next thing he sees a lady across the room that he's in, and she's working out on the Bowflex machine or whatever the hell it is, and she's in the condo with him. So he's a little startled. You know, she, you know, <laughs> you know, she walks inside his little bedroom up to the bed, and she's glistening from her thirty-second workout. And you know, Van Dam tries to get out of bed to leave, but he fucking realizes he's naked, even you know, fucking going full commando at this point. And the lady tells him she did him a favor and had by having your clothes fucking burned. They smelled like garbage. And so I burned your fucking shit, dude. And so she offers to take him shopping at this point and get some new stuff. And so Van Dam has to leave this place and go shopping in nothing but a fucking blue robe. I don't know what the plan was at that point for this guy. I mean, how close the mall was or whatever. But the dude had to walk through in a dick swing and barely covered up by a robe. And, of course, we get a shot of Van Damme's buttocks. These films in these days, the dude, I don't know what his thought process was. Fun fact, the guy was in Playgirl or whatever, so, I mean, if, I think he was just trying to get his career launched somehow and showing his ass one way or another. <laughs> Anyways, you know, we cut to, you know, going to, going shopping, and it's some amazing club music playing in the background while Van Damme is shopping, you know, for some new silk shirts. That's the trend at the time. You know, the lady tries to seduce him in the dressing room, but it just isn't going so well. Van Damme, like I said, he's in the zone. One thought in mind, and that is to take care of fam and not worried about getting his dick wet or whatever. Uh, but we cut to them outside having lunch. You know, he's sporting his lovely new ensemble and including a fresh haircut. He's looking real nice. You know, she, the lady, she's, you know, she just fucking whined and dined and, you know, Trying to get some 69, god damn it. She's trying hard as fuck to seduce Van Damme and talking dirty. You know, holding his hand, playing some footsie. She even tries to invite him to stay the fucking night. So what else do you want? You know, she's literally laying the cards out there, man. He declines the invite, of course. And he just prefers to stay with his new BFF, Joshua, as he puts it. But <laughs> anyways, you know, he tells the lady he's not her boy toy. I guess Brian Thompson can be her toy if that's her kind of thing. And then we get a shot of, you know, back at the mom and little girl's house, you know, or she's, you know, taking the little girl to school. And we get a shot of the two Legion officers, you know, they're sent, that are sent to find Van Damme. And, 
you know, I guess they rent a place across the street because they're doing a little spying. They, of course, know where she lives at, and that's his main agenda, Van Damme's, for being in the U.S. of A. So we got to rent a place across the street and constantly fucking stalk them. So that's what they're doing. You know, and Van Damme, though, he is just two steps ahead of everyone because he is actually at the school waiting. He looks like a creepy guy in a hoodie, you know, with his fucking hood up. He's got He's fucking hiding behind some tree watching the kids. His fucking niece isn't even there yet, so what the fuck? How long you been there, dude? And eventually he does see his niece get there. He's real excited. And we cut to Van Damme following the mom to her job, so it's even it's getting even creepier in a way. And we find out she works at some factory of some sort, boxing tomatoes, so you know, it doesn't look too glorious. No offense to anybody, but hey, it pays the bills. At least, you know, keeps the roof over their head somewhat. You know, she's a little behind, I guess. But Van Damme walks away to go on another stroll throughout town, gives him something to think about, you know. He just made five grand, you know. What more? Man, you could be doing this. You could be boxing tomatoes, man. You know, Van Damme on his little stroll, he sees a little homeless girl and her mom. They're outside. And Van Damme is just full of kind gestures throughout this film. He, you know, he gives, you know, some, you know, gives little girl and her family some cash. And he's got plenty to spare, of course. Probably doesn't know what the fucking you know, the whatever the, the currency, you know, is for the U.S. It just fucking has no idea what he's giving away there at this point. <laughs> and, you know, we go back to the condo, and Van Damme knocks on the lady's door, and he just, he says, hey, I'll do it, you know what I mean? You see, I guess, you know, he's seen how hard, just, you know, his family's working, he's willing to make a lot more money for him, so. And she starts to get naked, and, you know, she's laying on the bed, and she, you know, she invites him in, and, you know, she tosses her dildo off to the side and says, oh, so you, you want to do it? Because Van Damme, the way he puts it is, I'll do it. And so I guess the way she thinks is, oh, he wants to fuck me, right? So, and he reminds her, no, by doing it, I don't mean I want to fucking get down and dirty. I want to do it as in I want to fucking fight motherfucking people and fucking get some cash doing it, God damn it. And anyways, we get, you know, Van Damme says he has one condition. He wants a bank account and a fake name. But he won't say why. Little suspicious. I mean, Van Damme, of course, doesn't have a fucking driver's license or an ID, so it makes sense. He's gonna whatever's gonna happen else off to be in a fake name. But anyways, uh, Van Damme, you know, also insists he needs to move out of this fucking fancy condo place. You know, he needs shitty conditions because that's how a real fighter lives. Yeah, I'm sure that's how Money Mayweather lives, dude. <laughs> anyways, cut to Lionheart's next big fight. And this one is in a big-ass empty garage with guys on roller skates going around helping place the bets. So it's a pretty interesting sight to behold. <laughs> um, you know, you get tons of fancy cars, like some Jaguars and all that stuff. You know, they form this big circle to kind of form an official fighting little ring or whatever you want to call it. And that way the fighters have somewhere to engage in the middle of. And Van Damme is just chilling on one of the rides with his manager. You know, he's waiting for his opponent. And next thing, another car pulls up and out hops a Scottish guy. And this, you know, it looks like Van Damme is about to take on Rowdy Roddy Piper with a haircut or some shit. You know, Joshua thinks the dude has on a skirt. Van Damme, you know, he's a man of culture, so he says, hey, this is a kilt. The guy is Scottish, it's a kilt. You know, he's got the bagpipes, all that good stuff. And then the fight begins. You know, Van Damme goes to shake hands, but like I said, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, tries to do the respectable thing, but this other dude just... Is it a dirty fighter? He gives Van Damme a cheap shot to the eyeball, and Van Damme tries to, he delivers a few knees, but he's getting a tough test from Rowdy Roddy or whatever this guy's name is. You know, it's 
it's a pretty tough battle. And Van Damme's getting stuck in a crucifix at one point. He's getting thrown through a windshield. He's getting choked by a car antenna. So they're definitely making good use of their environment. You know, some foreign objects with these cars. And Van Damme, all, all his fights, makes a tremendous comeback. You know, the other guy, he, Van Damme starts to wear down the Scottish dude. And Van Damme begins to deliver some kicks and punches. You know, he shows the bloody Scottish fighter to his managers after he's just tore his ass apart limb to limb, basically. You know, they watch in disbelief in their car as their fucking fighter just got fucking ate alive practically by Van Damme. And, uh, you know, he, Van Damme finally drops a dude to the concrete floor, you know, ready to celebrate. Joshua has already been celebrating at this point, but Van Damme looks like he, I guess, is actually just ready to hit the shower. He is fucking pooped by this point. And then we cut to Joshua going to the mom's apartment. You know, the mom and little girl are out there hanging out. He, I guess we find out the reasoning for the bank account, and he kind of explains to her what's, you know, he doesn't tell her the truth, of course, but what he presents to her is that there was this bank account that was opened for the mom and daughter, daughter that is, and, you know, Joshua, he's there to tell him a big fat lie, of course, but he says to her that there is this insurance policy that your husband left behind, and he didn't want anybody to know about it, you know, just kind of a little little hush-hush thing, you know, a little 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 last, you know, little way to leave behind something for you guys. But, of course, he was fucking lost his, all his money on fucking crack and smack and all that shit. But, anyways, Joshua tells the mom, hey, husband left behind this secret little insurance policy worth a fuck ton of money. I don't know how he would have had it, but he had it. And he will, Joshua will personally deliver a fat check we don't know exactly how much, but it's worth a ton, apparently. And he will deliver a check once a month to these folks, personally. And he does make one request, though, as he's heading out the door, you know, as they're enjoying their excitement and their good news, that he wants to see the little girl, you know, have a bike. That's his only thing. He would love to see the little girl have a bike. So, you know, we cut to another Van Damme fight. So we're not, we're not fucking wasting any time at this guy's point. At this, at this point, guys. <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, we're, we're, we're fucking just, you know, getting minimal dialogue and tons of Van Damme fights, so it's awesome. Anyways, this fight appears to be already halfway into it, though, so we missed some good action. But we get plenty of good stuff still, as we see. And you know, we see, you know, it's halfway into it, though, and we're inside of a racquetball room, and Van Damme is fighting some big-ass Harley Davidson-looking dude with a white beater and fucking metal grill teeth or whatever. <laughs> and Van Dam, you know, he's getting thrown around or whatever early on, but then he delivers two giant fucking kicks to this guy. The second one sends the dude flying through the glass wall to end the fight. So it was short and sweet, but pretty goddamn badass. So, and then we cut to Joshua watching ESPN at home. You know, he's enjoying some Sports Center or whatever, drink, eating some Cheetos or all that good stuff. And Van Damme, he has to keep training, got to stay in shape, so he goes on a nice long jog, taking no, day, no days off, and, you know, Van Damme jogs over to see his niece, you know, he's keeping an eye out on her, of course, and he sees that she got a new bike, so he's pretty fucking excited, pretty happy to see the money's being spent in a nice, productive way, they haven't lost their home yet, which is excellent, and the little girl's showing off her bike to a friend, so Van Damme's just really pleased at this point that she, everybody's happy, he's happy, but next thing you know, we have the bad guy officers that, you know, the Legion dudes that they spot Van Damme from a distance and they go after him, but they don't have any luck finding him, unfortunately. Van Damme doesn't see him, but he's able to just, he's able to 
somehow get out of there without being seen. And we cut to another Van Dam fight. Like I said, we're not fucking around. Another Van Dam fight. This one is awesome because we don't miss anything. We get everything from beginning to end. This is probably my favorite fight, even a little bit better than end fight. Not as long, but it's just kind of cool in a way. It's in a nearly empty pool, and I don't know who the fuck's house, some rich dude's house, I'm guessing. But, you know, Van Damme's in his fucking spandex. He's ready to kick some butt. He's always the first one there, so he's a punctual guy. But we see tons of spectators, you know, in their bathing suits and their bikinis with thongs and all that fun stuff. And, you know, of course you're in the the shade, the fucking sunny, you know, stuff out in L.A. You got to have on your fucking bikinis and stuff, especially in a fucking empty pool. Not going to be swimming, but we still got to get our tan on. And fun fact, there's actually a director cameo of Sheldon Lettich. You know, he's somewhere outside the pool. I tried my best to spot him. There is, I mean, he's credited in the fucking shit, you know, as, you know, guy outside a pool or whatever. But um, he apparently, you know, is one of the many creepy looking guys with a perm and glasses. But there's so many of those dudes, he was just too hard for me to, to spot. So, but he's in there. He's in there. Look for him, guys. If you want to pause it constantly, you might spot him. But anyways, uh, you know, we see Van Damme. He sees his opponent, you know, rise up from the hilltop. He finally shows up. This guy runs down to the pool area to get everything started. And fight at your own risk, guys, because there is no lifeguard on duty, sadly. So these guys are taking a chance. And the fight officially kicks off. We see, you know, this guy is like a fucking tiger. You know, the way that he moves. He's scratching Van Damme with his, like, he tries to claw at him. He fucking scratches his face all up. And Van Damme starts punching the guy, you know, he eventually knocks his dude and you know into the the there's about a foot of water it's real green and just fucking slimy about rainwater is what it looks like just been sitting in that pool for fucking however long and little personal fun fact i've cleaned pools in the past or i a pool that was you know in a similar condition where it had been sitting all winter long and it was f- disgusting it smells horrible you've got fucking frogs and toads swimming in there and so I would hate to be fighting in this shit in my spandex and barefooted. I can only imagine what you're going to come out of there crawling all, all over your ass. Ugh. Anyways, you know, they're fighting, and they're in that nasty fucking water, and, you know, they start to fight in the water, and, you know, that's up to no higher than their knees. Like I said, it's about a foot or so high. And this guy, tried, he trips Van Damme and then shoves his head underwater to drown him. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm sure the stench alone is fucking tearing you apart. But, <laughs> you know, they struggle a little bit, but Van Damme finally gains control and delivers a few elbows to end the fight. And so Van Damme with the victory, you know, Lionheart with the KO once again undefeated. You know, Van Damme does the, the fancy, nice gesture, the, the kind thing, classy guy. He drags his opponent out of the slimy green water so he can live to fight another day. <laughs> and then we cut to Joshua meeting with him, and our meeting with the lady that is. Uh, they have a little celebration. They talk, you know, business, and he gets their prize money. You know, she asks who the person cashing these checks is, and he tells her it's his brother's widow, so he's just being brutally honest with her. You know, he's sending the money in secret to help her make ends meet. The lady, honestly, she's like, I just want to know if he's fucking her. That's all I care about. She's just a hornball. And she is definitely the jealous clingy type, I guess. And, you know, she hands Joshua a big old fat stack of cash, you know, as he leaves. And, and she tells, you know, Brian Thompson, you know, keep an eye on these assholes. I want to know if, you know, if he's fucking this lady or not. 
You know, Brian Thompson is now following, you know, Van Damme, you know, along with the Legion officers. So there is this dude's on Van Damme's ass constantly, just on his trail nonstop. He can't get a moment to himself. And, you know, Van Damme, he does see his niece. You know, we cut to him, you know, going to just, you know, keep an eye on her from a distance, of course. You know, that's his, that's his main objective. And, you know, he goes to, he goes up to her. He actually, you know, decides to go say hi to her once again. He goes to tell her he likes her bike. You know, he teaches her a little lesson in French. I don't know what he says, but he speaks some French and all that fun stuff. And, you know, next thing, the Legion officers spot him. They come outside and they jump out to capture Van Damme and return him home. That's their objective. And Van Damme tries to explain his side, but they don't give a rat's ass. And Van Damme just fucking runs. He, you know, he's a little bit faster than these guys, you know, but he eventually gets cornered, has nowhere to go, tries to fight him off, uh, but they fucking break Van Damme's ribs and almost get him before Van Damme does manage to escape somehow, some way. And, you know, Brian Thompson kind of is there to save the day. He pulls up out of nowhere and just kind of catches everybody off guard, and Van Damme manages to kind of, you know, fucking get out of there. And he runs over to Brian Thompson and. You know, they just, they make a little mark about, you know, agreeing to be honest with each other at this point or whatever. And so Van Damme goes to some fucking random ass doctor and you know, gets his ribs bandaged up and he pays $200. So that's a nice little copay, you know, to not, you know, but Van Damme, what he does, he gives a doctor $200 to not tell anyone anything. And I'm like, and no offense to anybody, but I've never seen a doctor like this. First of all, the, it's this little scrawny Mexican guy with like just a patchy little mustache. And the, he's, he does the whole Odelay essay attitude, all that, that stuff with that, the tattoos all over. And, and, you know, why would you need to pay the doctor to not tell them your private stuff? I, there's HIPAA laws or whatever, but I don't know how long they've been in effect. But my God, I think there's a confidentiality thing has been you know, going on for many generations, including at this time in 1990, folks. Anyways, you know, you know, Van Damme leaves the hospital, and we cut to the mom and the daughter back at her house. You know, Joshua knocks on the door. You know, this time he wants to be honest. He brings Van Damme inside, and they spill the beans. You know, they explain Van Damme has been fighting to pay the bills, doesn't have much time before he gets caught again. You know, the mom introduces Van Damme to the little girl officially and says, you know, this is your uncle, your dad's brother. You know, they share a big kiss and a hug. They're no longer strangers, so they can talk all they want. And we cut to Brian Thompson and the lady. And what they're doing at this point is they're scouting a new fighter. His name is Attila. And fun fact, he's actually, I'm not sure if he's the older or the younger, but he's the brother of the Tong Po actor. Um, in this film, it's Mustafa. Um, and the Tong Po actor's name is Michelle Kissy. I... Gosh, forgive me, guys. I want to say this guy's name is Abdel Kissy, I believe. Um, uh, but he's the brother. So that was kind of cool. That And he actually played in another Van Damme film called The Quest. He was the bad guy, the main bad guy in that film that Van Damme fights at the end. So, you know, he kind of is part of the Van Damme posse, if you will. Anyways, I know they're scouting him just to kind of see how good of a fighter he is, how good of a fighter he is. They've heard some awesome rumors that he's amazing and... You know, they're watching these videotapes of his fights where he basically toys with other fighters by letting them pound on him for a while, but they're not really doing any actual damage to him. And so then he just eventually gets pissed off like the Hulk and just unleashes all hell on these fucking dudes. And just in the video, he pulls the guys up that they're, they're watching and he fucking just 
rips the guy's legs apart, literally just splits this dude in half. And I'm thinking, hey, if this is Van Damme, that couldn't be so bad for him because Van Damme can do the split. So you've got to think of a better strategy, pal. And uh, we see that the Legion officers are actually watching the scouting report too. So they've, they've got some interest going on as well. And the lady tries to explain that she needs Lionheart for just one more fight. And she promises that Van Damme will be ripped apart and that the officers are, you know, will, they'll, you know, she'll make it worth their while. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. And they're basically, they're happy. They're, you know, pleased to oblige, but they, their only request is they want to watch. They've had enough of Van Damme at this point. So they have, if Van Damme's going to be busted up open, they want to be there to fucking see it happen. And we cut to Van Damme and Joshua, you know, they just got paid or whatever, so they're delivering some groceries to the niece and the sis-in-law. You know, they buy nothing but stuff in boxes, I noticed, all kinds of processed bullshit, mostly Little Debbie snacks. And I'm thinking, there's no way Van Damme eats that shit every day, dude. There is, that guy's got nothing but bags of produce and chicken and all that stuff, all the good stuff for you. But anyways, I guess maybe he can burn off enough calories to stay in good shape, you know, eating fucking ho-hos and, you know, my personal favorite, the Zingers. Anyways, we see, uh, you know, Van Damme, you know, sees a drawing his niece did, and he's very proud. You know, Joshua comes into the kitchen, and he says, they, you know, they have to leave. They got a surprise guest waiting outside, and we cut to the lady. You know, she's, you know, pulls up. She wants to hang out with Van Damme. She's super drunk, obviously super horny, probably, so, you know, she's in the back of her limo. You know, Van Damme and Joshua don't look too amused to be there. They're like, what the hell is going on? We're having a nice casual evening. We're about to, you know... Have a nice little dinner of fucking all kinds of snack goods and fucking sweets. And you ruined it, bitch. What's going on? And she says she wants to take them to a party to meet some people who may be willing to bet a lot of money on Lionheart in his next fight. So he needs to go meet these guys. And so they go inside this house to meet them. And these guys are watching a Van Damme fight, a highlight reel, if you will. And they make some drinks for Joshua and... They plan to kick back and watch the scouting report of Attila 2, just to kind of get a feel for this big old fight that's going to ensue at the end. And, you know, they see the first half of the fight, of course, but somehow, sadly, uh, the second half of the film doesn't work to be able to see this dude getting his fucking legs ripped apart. Somehow the lady has fucking doctored and ruined the video, and she's taped over it with a bunch of Full House episodes or whatever the fuck. So, anyways... Uh, the guys don't seem too impressed by what they can see in this video. Of course, they don't know that the guy likes to toy with his fighters and be beat on, but it doesn't do anything. But that's all they see is him getting beat on, so they don't look too impressed. Um, they let the lady know that they will inform her who they're going to be betting on the, 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 the their decision the day of the fight. Uh, but she tries to sway them into betting on Van Damme. Good old Lionheart, of course. And uh, she's going to be betting a quarter mil on Lionheart, I guess, is what we find out. And so we cut to Arilla, uh, excuse me, cut to Attila arriving in his private jet. So he's making his way to the USA or wherever he's coming from. You know, he's got on his Terminator shades and, you know, looks like he, you know, he's carrying some cat that looks like Mr. Bigglesworth. And he's fucking petting him ever so gracefully. And then we cut back to Van Damme playing at the park with his niece you know, he tells his sister-in-law he's got a big fight tonight, and this is the last one. 
that it will pay enough to make all their dreams come true, and that we cut back to the gambling room, you know, for uh, you know, for fight, and you know, where the for the for the fight that is, and then the phone lines are just blowing up like crazy. So, you know, we're back at the gambling room. Shit's going hot. It's getting hot. Going absolutely crazy bananas. People are you know placing all kinds of bets left and right, and you know. We cut to Attila arriving for the fight. You know, he's with Mr. Bigglesworth in his arm. And, you know, he looks cool as the other side of the pillow. And then we cut to Van Dam also at the fight. You know, he's warming up, you know, on the other part of the arena. Or, I don't know where the fuck they're at. They're at some random rich dude's house who must have, like, this fancy little you know, fighting arena built off into this little fucking shed or whatever. It's kind of interesting. But, <laughs> anyways, Joshua comes in to, to see Van Dam, you know, little meet and greet, and they, you know, wishes him some luck, taps him on the ribs, or whatever, little joking, jokingly that is, and then Van, he notices Van Damme winces horribly, though, and so Joshua knows, man, your ribs are fucked, and Van Damme mentions, you know, he, no worries, I bet all the money on, on me, but Joshua's pissed, he's like, dude, you know, he tries to play it off again, but, you know, he goes for another rib shot, and he's like, this is why I'm pissed, so, you know, he yells at him, you know, he tells him the truth about Attila, how he's already killed eight other guys already, so this dude is no joke, you know, and Van Damme insists he has to fight, you know, he wants to do it for his family, and that they're, they came this far, there's no turning back, and he wants to not only do it for his family, but also his new best friend forever to Joshua, so he's already, you know, he's he wants to do it, Joshua's been there every step of the way, so he wants to, you know, do it for him at this point as well. You know, we cut to Joshua, he has to place his bet, and the dude keeps asking, who are you going to bet your money on, man? Lionheart and Attila. But we don't get to see who he wages on. And next thing we see is Van Dam walking to the final fight. And it's time for the final fight. And like I said, we get it's a little mini arena outside of some fancy mansion. So it's a little strange, but it, it works. You know, the building has these little mini bleachers and it's being catered or whatever. We have spectators dressed to the nines, and there's over $12 million being wagered on this fight, so that's pretty fucking, that's pretty big shit what we're talking. There's not a lot of people there, but, so they're throwing around quite a few bucks. And we get the fucking awesome, amazing rock song, the highlight of the soundtrack, No Mercy, and that shit's just playing all over the background. It's awesome, totally getting you psyched up for this fucking final fight. And then we get Attila, he walks into the fighting arena, he takes off his fancy dress coat and his shades, gives Van Damme a little stare down like, no big deal, you know, I eat breakfast bigger than you, motherfucker, you know. And then Van Damme starts off early with a few dozen punches to Attila's face, and Attila's letting him fuck with him, just like he likes, letting him toy with him. You know, you know he does eventually land a kick that, uh, Van Damme does eventually land a kick that knocks Attila, though, into the stands, like I said earlier in the episode, guys. The theme of this fucking shit apparently is Van Damme knocking dudes into the fucking stands and too bad this isn't Bloodsport because if that were the case that would have sent the fucking dude off the platform for the title at this point so Van Damme would have been winning left and right knocking dudes off the fucking Bloodsport platform <laughs> but anyways Attila gets up he's pissed he starts growling and drooling like a dog with rabies or whatever and Van Damme keeps landing shots to his face but Attila gets his first hit in, and it is, of course, a shot to Van Damme's broken ribs. And he notices Van Damme flinch, and the little light bulb goes off above his head. And then Attila starts beating Van Damme's head in, and keeps working on that fucking rib. 
And then Van Dam tries to keep things even by landing a few more shots to his face. And until his manager are getting restless, you know, they tell him to end this shit because the, you know, the, I guess the cat has to he fucking probably use the litter box at this point. <laughs> and, you know, he takes out Van Dam's knees, you know, grabs him by the throat and gives him a nice headbutt. You know, he steps on Van Dam's hand to keep him down, lands one fucking big blow to his face, sending Van Dam down to the concrete to, you know, kiss the floor or whatever. Joshua, you know, tells Van Dam, just stay down. He just keeps repeating that shit. Stay down, stay down. You know, Attila goes to pet Mr. Bigglesworth while Van Dam's in a little bit of a daze in the background. You know, Van Dam tells Joshua, you know, that he knows the lady bet against him. You know, Joshua says, stay down. You know, this dude's going to kill your ass. Van Dam decides he gets up, you know, gets a few shots uh, to his face repeatedly, though. So, he, you know, wasn't worth getting up at this point, apparently, because he's still getting his ass worked. You know, he tries to throw a haymaker to Attila. But it does nothing. It does no van damage, unfortunately. You know, Attila just starts beating the holy bejesus out of Van Dam at this point and just knocks him down again. Almost a TKO, but not quite. You know, Joshua admits to betting all their money, so they're having they're they're on the floor at this point. Joshua's just laying there while Van Dam's fucking bleeding to death practically, and you know, Joshua admits, hey, I bet all of our fucking money on the bad guy, Attila. <laughs> and that gives Van Dam, he is pissed. It just lights a fucking fire under his ass, and he gets up, and we get the best fucking quote in the movie of all time, guys. Look, it's on him, man. The whole bet's on Attila. I love the sound of a good Van Dam yell. <laughs> Anyways, cue the Van Dam comeback. You know, Lionheart gets up slowly. The crowd starts slowly clapping for him as well. And, you know, even the Legion officers are you know kind of getting on his side. You know, the guys that are trying to capture him all of a sudden are rooting for him at this point. And then Van Dam does his infamous roundhouse kick. Sounds Attila, sends Attila to the ground. And Lionheart lands a few more kicks, and the the crowd is going absolutely apeshit by this point. And you know, even Josh was pumped. He's still laying on the fucking ground for some reason though, but he's fucking you know kicking and yelling and all that shit. And Van Dam kicks Attila into the crowd again. This time, you know, kicks him into the lady and into Brian Thompson. You know, Van Dam kicks Thompson into the face, so we get a nice camera shot of his eyes rolling back. <laughs> These fans are fucking bloodthirsty. I mean, people with too much money can be a frightening thing, apparently. And so Van Dam lands Anita Attila's nose and busts that shit wide open, grabs Attila by the throat, puts his fist up like he's going to throw that knockout blow. But Attila and the lady both give Lionheart a look of defeat, and so Van Dam puts his hand down, grabs his ribs, and just walks away. He knows he's the champ at this point. And Attila just lays there. He fucking, he's done. The Legion officers grab Van Dam. They congratulate him and say it's time to go bye-bye. The lady storms out. Cynthia, that is, but not before a couple of the gamblers thank her for the tip to bet on Van Dam. So they just made a nice big chunk of change. I'm not sure how much of the twelve million is theirs, but probably a nice pretty penny, anyways. So Joshua, you know, he stops Van Dam and says he has a big heart, and they share a friendly, tearful hug before they have to, you know, make their final goodbye. So Van Dam makes BFFs in literally a matter of days in his films, guys, and so he's always crying and hugging them goodbye and. Now, Van Dam is escorted out. 
You know, he spots the lady in her limo who is, who, this point, it's really, it's probably the funniest point in the movie because, you know, the security guy, you know, he tells her, you know, you need to come back inside. There's this massive debt you still need to pay. And uh, the guy on the fucking, he is a walkie-talkie, tells him, you know, don't let that bitch leave the premise. So it's fucking awesome. She has to run back inside. Tries to tell him, oh, I've got the money. It's back in New York. I promise it's there. So I wonder what happens to her. I, that would make an interesting fucking movie to see. Uh, just the, the, the Lionheart 2, what happens to the lady and the debt? The unpaid debts. And anyways, a cut to the mom and her daughter at their house, and they hear a knock at the door. It's a super bloody Van Dam. You know, he tells the little girl she has to go, or he has to go, and, you know, she's not too happy. She doesn't want her uncle to leave. She throws a little temper tantrum. You know, he tells her life isn't fair. Shit sucks, kid. Sorry, that's just the nature of the business. So, <laughs> anyways, you know, she gives him a picture. She colored as a little good goodbye gift, a nice little gesture. And they all kiss. Van Damme rides off into the sunset with the Legion officers, you know, his final goodbyes. You know, they're in their little car, and they're cruising a few blocks, and they just all of a sudden stop, and they tell Van Damme to get get out, hit the bricks, man. And he's just kind of stunned, but just kind of looks at him, and is like, okay, and just gets out. And then we cut to what I described earlier in the intro as that amazing music that goes so well with this final scene. And it is, it's um, it's that music uh, playing in the background as Van Damme is running over the hill. The little girl is just looking at her door, just doesn't want it to be, you know, doesn't want to say goodbye to Van Damme. She wants to believe he's going to come back. And her dreams come true. She sees Van Damme over the hill running towards their, their home. And, you know, you know, the fucking music is blasting with this fucking cheesy shit in the background. And Joshua and the mom both run outside and they're on the fucking sidewalk and, there's a nice big hug fest, and roll credits, guys. That is the end of Lionheart. Uh, before we go into the overview, I want to thank you again. I know I sound a little bit shitty on my end, a little bit stuffy for this this episode, but like I said, man, no fucking cold's going to hold me down. I was you know, eager to get back to the grind, and I'm excited to get this episode out there as quickly as possible to you guys. So hopefully you still enjoy it. Bear with me in a couple days. I'll have some more content that will be... A little bit better sounding or whatever. So, anyways, an overview of the film. Of course, another fun time enjoying a Van Damme flick. I don't never really am too disappointed with anything pre the millennium of his stuff. Anyways, so this is still one of his better films and somewhat iconic because of the fight scene. So it's a little bit more of a well-known title, cult classic, if you will. Um, it's over the top and ridiculous at times, but still somewhat believable. And then it's a guy. Uh, would, you know, you know, do some underground fighting or whatever to pay the bills. I mean, not everybody's got the balls to do it, but I mean, a lot of guys would put in the predicament, might do what they got to do to do it, do what they got to do, you know what I mean? So, in my opinion, uh, there's another movie out there. It's not really, a, it's a non-official remake, in my opinion. It, they don't claim to be in a remake, but it's from 2009. It's called Fighting, and it stars Channing Tatum and Terrence Howard. So, look it up. It's not a bad movie. I still prefer this film. I actually, when I watched that movie at the time, didn't think it was going to be Lionheart-esque, but I was like, holy shit, this movie's like feels like a rip-off almost of that film, and, you know, almost 20 years later, and I'm not sure if it was just an inspiration, if Tannen was a fan, a fan or whatever the fuck, but anyways, it's not a bad title, very similar, so if you like this movie, you might enjoy that one as well. Um, anyways, you know, the fight scenes in this movie are a little silly, 
uh, for line art that is, uh, but you know, at the time, as far as some of the locations, you know, the, 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 the pool and the racket ballroom and all that nonsense. But that's what makes the film so great at the same time. You know, you get the, the fucking goofball shit, but it makes it fun. You know, the fights are nice and drawn out sometimes. And most of them, you know, are usually at least a couple minutes long each. So you get a couple of little short and sweet ones, but most of them, you know, you really get to enjoy it, you know, from beginning to end. You know, Van Damme struggles a lot in each of the fight, but of course he manages to turn the tables for a glorious comeback slash victory, which, you know, is another reason those fights are so excellent is because they are, you know, not so one-sided. You know, he is a little bit of a believable, the believable hero, if you will. And, you know, there aren't a bunch of, bunch of the cheesy one-liners that Van Damme would kind of gradually start to go to in some of his later films, you know, even right up right after this shit. So he's still showing that serious side, but he, like I said, he does become tearful or whatever, so he displays somewhat of a sensitive side, so his acting ability is on display, if you will. Um, you know, I always give a one to five star recommend. We haven't heard any of you know the, the the crap shit yet on the one star side, which is you know the bad five we've heard plenty of, and you're getting another one, guys, another five star recommend. You know, this is one of the classics he's known for, and one of the films that really continued to help push his career. Um, he was starting to get up there with Arnold and Sly somewhat. You know, he wasn't making those huge blockbusters, but he was you know just kind of becoming a household name somewhat because of his films. You know, maybe they weren't making a fuck ton, you know, um, at the theaters per se, but, you know, video stores, they were killing it. So, uh, I mean, he was still getting some of those really good action roles, uh, you know, that required him to use martial arts and kicking abilities for the most part. So he wasn't, you know, getting the shoot 'em up style action films that he would eventually really work his way into. He was still, you know, we want you to fight, Van Damme, you're going to start an action film, but it's mostly fucking tournament fighting shit kind of stuff, which I love, don't get me wrong, I fucking love that stuff, so it's amazing. And this film, you know, an hour and 45 minutes, so it is a shade under two hours, you know, it's, I think it, it's a good length for it, it's not too long, there's a few moments with the family that kind of slow it down with some of the shitty dialogue, but... I feel that it kind of does add to that that charm and that character of the film that is kind of needed in a sense. And it does, you know, allow you to kind of, you know, feel for these people, if you will, and gives you more than just the fucking fighting scenes. So you got to have something to kind of back it all up. And of course, you know, this film is part of my DVD collection. I recommend you add it to yours, especially if you're a Van Damme fan. You've got to have it. Um, you can pick it up for about five bucks. Um, I mean, you could probably stream it for, you know, three dollars all over the place. Of course, you know, voodoo plug. Hopefully, you know, um, they sign me or whatever. I mean, <laughs> I would definitely take on that sponsor, guys, because I fucking love Voodoo. It is amazing. I mean, you can write all that shit on there and store all your shit, so it's definitely worth it. Check it out. Um, if you don't have it in your collection, check it out wherever. But I didn't see it on Netflix, Hulu, and that shit, so definitely recommend uh, Voodoo for streaming services. Um, or if you just want to skip to all the fucking good shit, you can YouTube, I'm sure, some of the fight clips. You know, just put in, you know, Lionheart fights, and you'll get all that fucking awesome stuff. And you'll have your mind blown, of course. So, um, and heads up, guys, in the next episode, no clue for that particular one. Um, like I said, I should be feeling well enough here very soon to be doing it. I've been enjoying this so much. It's, it's easy to pop in a Van Damme flick and just, you know, keep on rolling with the punches kind of a thing. So... I'm going to do another episode for this month, you know, before we conclude Van Damme Entertaining Month. It'll be another drawing, so if you haven't seen how that works, it is a YouTube video slash mostly on Facebook video. Um, that's the most interactive way, of course, as I've described, to uh, engage with the, the show. Um, I post a video, 
which I'll do by this weekend for sure, probably a lot sooner than that, but just because I want to get started on the project. So uh, this episode will be up and running. Within a day or two, you'll probably see the video online uh, with next the next episode's title. Um, I'll have, I initially did 10 titles. We're down to nine, of course, now, pre-millennium Van Damme titles. Um, there's nine left for me to choose from. Some of those I decided not to cover, like Cyborg, uh, which just didn't feel it was necessary, Street Fighter, Time Cop, Hard Target, um, something else, forgive me, I don't have the list in front of me, but the reason why is probably just because, you know, those titles have been just, just fucking just talked to death by many other shows, but I wanted to do something a little different, I noticed some of these other titles weren't really getting talked about as much, so I wanted to fucking get them some exposure, they're great fucking awesome, shitty, cool films, whatever, they're Van Damme titles, goddammit, enjoy, so we're gonna do a drawing for the nine remaining titles, um, I'll talk a little bit about them before I do the drawing, so just in case you missed the first drawing, don't worry, you can enjoy this one, but still go back and watch the old shit, it's just cool, it's got some good stuff, some fun stuff, you'll see how much I enjoy doing this, and yeah, put a fucking face to a, a, or to a voice or whatever, and all that fun shit, but anyways, the video will be up in the next couple days, enjoy this episode, thank you again everybody, anyways, um, um, and also, in addition to all this, I'm going to try to squeeze in a little segment, you know, um, right at the end of the month to conclude Van Damme Entertaining Month. If you don't already know, he is my favorite actor still to this day. Um, I'll admit to that, even though he doesn't really put out the big blockbuster titles, hasn't had anything in the theater really that's mostly just starring him since, you know, really the 90s. But still, my guy, got to go with him. So I'm going to have a little segment to conclude Van Damme Entertaining Month. We'll do one more episode after this on a full title, of course. After that, we'll have a segment called Top to Bottom. And what that is, is basically just showcasing, you know, the top films, uh, the top and bottom films, that is, you know, the, um, uh, you know whatever the, the, the theme of the month is, this particular theme being Van Damme. We'll talk the top five and the bottom five films of Van Damme, just based on my opinion, of course, which is always right. But anyways, to be continued, guys, and thank you again. Hey gang, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can download and listen to plenty more on iTunes. Search Guilty Pleasure Movies, rate and review, please and thank you. Or you can follow me on my host app where I make all my shows, which is Anchor. You can definitely follow me at Twitter, YouTube, search GPM Podcast. And the most interactive way to engage with the show is through our Facebook page. Just search Guilty Pleasure Movies. I'll have voter polls, videos, all kinds of good announcements on there. Like, share, and follow, please, and thank you. And when you do message, make sure you go ahead and leave your favorite Guilty Pleasure movie title. And you'll have a chance to have your guiltiness of why you love that movie on the show. And once again, guys, let's jam. musical genius Dan Pfeiffer. If you enjoy those tracks, you can listen to them along with many more of his at the app Reverb Nation. Search his channel name 
Dan Pfeiffer. That's spelled P-F-E-I-F-E-R. Dan the man, thanks again. Oh, thank you.